Hi, I'm Jasmine, and you're listening to Lifesavers, the podcast by the RNLI, the charity that saves lives at sea. Join me each week as I speak to volunteer crew members and lifeguards who willingly risk their lives to keep more people safe by the water. If you're enjoying the series, get the latest episodes as soon as they're released by subscribing to our podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or iTunes. And hear what makes an ordinary person a lifesaver. I was face to face with him. I think it was, it's more the fear of what am I actually going to say? Like, how do you, what do you, what do you say? And that, that was quite scary to me, honestly, in a, in, a, in a different way. But it was, it was quite scary as in, I need to be, I need to say the right things um, to make it all better. But um, so, yeah, I think that that's the scarier side of, of it. In this episode, I meet the lovely Al Kasim, a volunteer lifeboat crew member from Tower Lifeboat Station. It's the busiest lifeboat station in the UK, and it's based on the River Thames in London. Al volunteered with the RNLI after being rescued at sea in 2015. He was so grateful to the volunteers who came to save him that he wanted to be able to do the same for others. And where better to do it than in his hometown of London? Tower is a 24-hour lifeboat station, manned by full-time staff and volunteers. The volunteer crew do 12-hour shifts to provide round-the-clock service. I had this chat with Al after he'd just finished a night shift at the station and had come straight back into his full-time job the next day. I hope you enjoy it. Here's Al. We got rescued uh, in 2015, quite a while ago, um, in Chichester. That was the first I actually appreciated the R&I for what it was. You know, I always assumed on Channel 16 you do a May Day. I didn't really have a clue who would turn up, just somebody would come and rescue you. And when the lifeboat turned up, it was, you know, the biggest relief. For a while, it looked pretty, pretty bad. So when they turned up, it was amazing. So when I got back to London, got back to work, I was walking down the embankment and I walked past um, a lifeboat flag um, and realized that's where Tower was. It's all completely funded by donations, isn't it? Yeah. And that was the amazing thing was, you know, you think it's like the police, right? Like, you know, the Coast Guard would just be... Uh, and emergency services mm. funded by the government and you know but yeah it, it really isn't and it's I think it's it's the people's time that I, I find more valuable like you know the, the guy that was on our boat eight minutes before he was working in his home office and eight minutes later he's on our boat we, we instantly felt like we were you know we we're, were gonna live to see another day so it was you know it was amazing that a volunteer just puts himself on our boat just to save strangers. What made you think that being a lifeboat volunteer was something you wanted to do? It was definitely the experience of being rescued, but um, I've always loved volunteering. It was just a natural draw. Like, you know, I walked past the station um, thinking, wow, that's really cool. That's a lifeboat station there. Thought I would email and somehow got on the crew. So um, it, it just kind of, the whole thing just felt natural. You know, I went in to, to speak to the lifeboat station manager, blown away by what they did. And it was just, you know, it just kind of evolved from there. Do you have to have a certain experience with working on boats or do you need to know first aid? Um, I think volunteers at Tower, you know, it's quite nice. They don't have to come from a boating background or an emergency service background. But we generally find, like, come from either end. So there is a lot of emergency services on the crew. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, police, fire brigade, uh, paramedics. Um, then on the other side, you know, there was uh, lecturers, um, town planners, 
photographer. I mean, it's just a whole range of really interesting people. Do you remember what it was like when you walked in there for the first time and seeing all these people who might already form some friendships? Was it yeah. intimidating? Actually, my first, my first, um, so we go through like two trial shifts um, just to make sure that, you know, we get along, uh, you know, not, not really annoying. I managed to slip through that <laughs> gap somehow. But yeah, the first Derby shift I did, um, you know, I turned up and there was, you know, three crew on the day. Um, they, they instantly make you feel at ease. Volunteering, you know, gets, gets a certain type of person that, you know, wants to do it. And, and they're, they're really lovely people, you know, it is. Um, so they instantly make you feel at home. Um, they show you the you know, ropes. And I think the only worrying thing was the first day I kind of felt seasick a bit on the pier. So um, I managed to get over that. So my, my two observer days went really well, like two different sets of crew, and I got along with everybody. So, yeah, I, mean, I was desperate to, to get on the crew after that. Would you say you've made good friends now? Yeah, definitely. I really have. I mean, I'm, when you when you go to difficult jobs and come back, you know there's a, there's a real support network around you, um, and you you make really good friends. And there's a lot of people that I really look forward to doing a shift with because you know it's great catching up. What makes Tower Lifeboat Station different from a station on the coast? On the Thames, is you know three stations that are 24 hours. I, I'm still convinced it's the best lifeboat station in the world. It really is. Um, but no, I mean it's very different. It is. I have. A lot of admiration for people that go out on the coast in, you know, terrible weather and big waves. And with being 24 hours, does that mean some of your shifts are overnight? Yeah, um, the majority of the shifts I do are over, is, you know, it's overnight. So um, I leave work about six o'clock, um, get to the station for half six, work until half six, seven in the morning, and then come back, come back to work. I love it. It is. Um, I get a real buzz from it. So the next day, the lack of sleep is made up for with, with with a buzz from from being there and coffee. A lot of coffee. <laughs> and so. Did you think that joining the crew at Tower would be easy to slot into your lifestyle? I don't think I realised how you know how much it was going to be. Like initially, it was like two twelve-hour shifts a month. I thought it'll be a struggle. I'll, I'll try to fit it in. Um, I'll see how I get on. And I, w I went the opposite way. You make time for things that are really important, right? So I end up doing a 12-hour shift a week, if not more. And there's a lot of training. You, you find time for things that are important. You know, with the family, my, my daughters absolutely love, you know, the whole lifeboat thing. I took them to the lifeboat station last week. And, you know, the RNLIs, it makes it such a nice family atmosphere that yeah. they, feel, they feel part of it. You know, my, my nine-year-old knows about... You know, mental health, knows about those basics of resus. What kind of situations can you get called to out on the terms? It really does vary, and um, I think the variety of it is 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 pretty amazing. Um, we do have a lot of mental health, but um, you know, I think a lot of lifeboat stations do. Um, the other end, you know, we have a lot of large tourist vessels that we get called to quite a bit. Um, and for you know various illnesses so and and it's a whole spectrum epileptic fits um chest pains difficulty breathing falling down the stairs um so you know the variety it, it really does keep you thinking well as you go into the job you're you're you know you're really sort of playing it through on your, in your head you know and some of them are 
animal rescues, like they rescued a, a Harris hawk this year, you know, which is quite quite unique. My, my kids love that. Like, <laughs> so. How do you deal with more of the difficult shells? I think mostly it's the support network you have around you. You know, we do have quite quite traumatic things. We see quite traumatic things. Um, and you go back and, you know, you have a debrief. Everybody makes sure that, you know, you're okay and, and vice versa. You make sure that if you see something in, in somebody that doesn't doesn't sit right, you, you sort of speak up about it. And then people check up on you a couple of days afterwards. Because, you know, I think right afterwards, you, you're just caught up in the, yeah, yeah, I'm fine, I'm fine. But, you know, it, it, the emotion really is, it sits inside and, you know, it comes out at, at various times. So, mm-hmm. yeah, it is, um, I, I, I think it's, it's all about the support network. Something I always ask on this podcast is about a rescue you'll always remember. Mm-hmm. What's been a really memorable rescue for you? It was um, about three years ago. We, um, you know, we launched from the station at midnight uh, for a person in the water. Dark night. I remember seeing the bridge in the background lit up. And it was just, you know, it's beautiful looking at the bridge, but it, it's it's so bright that everything around it is dark. So, you know, the water on the way there was just, you know, really, really dark. So spotting somebody in light like that was quite difficult. But, you know, we saw a little dot, went over towards it. It was a person, we pulled him in, you know, he was unresponsive, um, you know, cleared his airway, did whatever we could. The paramedics took over and... He was kind of went with the paramedics and uh, high fives all around. Job well done. I mean, we worked really well as a team to to, to get him to to, to where we, where we did. Uh, and all was fine. Sort of, you know, went went to work the next day. Um, back to normal. I think what really stuck out was, you know, a week later his parents came in to say thanks, and it was it, it was weird because he completely forget about it. And then it becomes really emotional because you know he, he didn't realize he, you know it was a it was a person it was a job at the time, and then it, it becomes real like it, you know you had parents and you realize that it's, it's just one person in a, in, a, in a huge spider's web so it it makes it really special mm-hmm. you know that 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 really that really kind of sunk in. It's like you save a life, but you also you saved a family. Absolutely, especially for parents because it's. It's it's not the natural way, right? Like mm. it is, you know. It would be really difficult to lose, lose lose a child. So it's um, mm. same way when my kids are thirty or forty, they're still going to be my children, right? Absolutely. So it's, yeah. Was there ever a moment during that really memorable shout for you where you thought yeah. that person might not make it? Yeah, I mean, it was, um, you know, especially my you know, my backgrounds in the city. Um, you you don't see people in 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 a state where they're you know, unconscious, um, struggling to breathe. Like, you know, it's, it's, a, it's, a rare, it's a rare thing to see, really. And, and we get exposed to it quite, quite often. So, yeah, I mean, I think training makes a big difference in sort of, uh, you know, being able to spot when things are getting better and when things are getting worse. So it's, um, you know, it does, it does make, a, uh, make, make a big difference. How does it feel for you to save someone's life? Amazing. It is. <laughs> it is just... Um, Surreal, almost. I, I gotta be honest. It is um, almost out of body. It's. Um, I feel like I'm. I'm there while, while I, I get to watch other people do really heroic things. But yeah, it's really surreal. It's. It's not like a. Yeah, I mean, it's. It's. It's, it's hard to place 
place what it feels like, but it, it's, mm. it's great. It's really good. Do you ever get scared? Yeah. I think one of, one of the scariest ones was we, you know, somebody was trying to jump and we pulled up and I was face to face with him. I think it was, it's more the fear of what am I actually going to say? Like, how do, what do you, what do you say? And that, that was quite scary to me, honestly, in a, in, a, in a different way. But it was it was quite scary as in I need to be, I need to say the right things um, to make it all better. But um, so, yeah, I think that that's the scarier side of, of it. I mean, it's a big comfort zone. Like, it's a big leap out of your comfort zone. I think, you know, there's a lot of things you can prepare for. Mm-hmm. Um, but what did scare me when I joined the crew a lot was, you know, the, the medical side, the casualty care side. Um, but I think over time, you know, you, you go through so much training with, uh, uh, you know, the medical side. It, it, it's the casualty care side that's dealing with, with people. Mm-hmm. That's actually, you know, harder because there's no, there's no right, um, right way to do it. There's no right way to sort of, you know, interact with, 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 with somebody. It's just, you know, people are different. Um, you know, even, even people through, through illness, you know, we're on a, on a job um, about a month ago where a, a boat collided with bridge and those people having panic attacks on, on, on the boat. It was, it was talking to them and sort of, you know, getting them to calm down. You know, once you get through it, um, yeah, it's great. That's it. And with casualty care, obviously, that, that must just be quite process-driven. You know, you, you do this to fix this wound yeah. and you, you do yeah. this to make this person feel better. But yeah. when it's actually the talking emotional side, it's all yeah. you, isn't it? Exactly, exactly. I mean, there are things that, you know, help. But once you get over, well, I mean, the biggest thing is introducing yourself and letting them know that you're there to make it better. That just must make you feel like this is my savior. This is my person. Yeah. I, can, I can put this name to this space. Well, for me. Yeah, and it was you know the same as when you know when we got rescued. It was, you know, I, I still still remember the guy really well. He jumped on and just like, oh, my name's Phil, and I was like, you know, instantly, yeah. So it's trying to 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 do do that for other people. That I think I definitely was at the the, the rough end of it, and I'd like to be at the, the making a smoother end of it now. Yeah, so. you've come full circle. Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. <laughs> so. Do you think being a lifeboat crew member has helped you grow as a person? It really has. It, it helps in putting things in perspective. Um, you know, a lot of situations aren't life and death. Mm-hmm. And um, you, you, you just need to treat people well because it, it doesn't matter if, you know, some things go wrong. When it's life and death, it, it becomes exactly the opposite. Like, you know, everything's very calm. It's about bringing calmness to the situation um it's about people having roles and doing their job really well um i bring that i definitely bring that to my professional life now you know trying to calm things down rather than mm. um letting things spiral so it's um, yeah it's, it's great it's so easy isn't it to get sucked into things yeah. that you think are important absolutely and when you're out on the water and you're yeah. at the sharp end you must just get such a absolute refresh on what's important in life exactly exactly and it is like you know calming your emotions it's not something that um you try to do it at a certain level but when when the adrenaline is that high you know you're in a situation that you've potentially never been in mm. it, it it really makes you good at at controlling your emotions 
Definitely, yeah, it must increase your emotional yeah. intelligence so much. Massively, it does, yeah. it does. And it's amazing to see people work at, you know, at these really high adrenaline levels. I don't know how how, how they do it, especially, you know, some of the, the paramedics, like the, the helicopter, helicopter emergency. It's amazing how they do it. I mean, it's just so incredibly calm, focused, and, you know, they're, they're going through, I guess, a script in their head but it's it's the, the the training that goes behind that and keeping it calm. You think, wow, they've absolutely nailed it. And then I try to emulate that as much as I can, um, you know, not just on the lifeboat, but everything else. And that must be so nice to see in other people as well. Because I yeah. suppose when you're actually going through training, you know, you can tick things off that you've learned to do. But when you actually see someone be able to control their emotions and you see how they are with people, you yeah. see them grow in that way. That's a whole other thing that, People don't yeah, get to see. definitely, definitely. It is, you know, just training with the other crew. Um, you know, I think we, we calm each other down. It's confidence in, in your fellow crew as well. Mm, um, yeah. That kind of calms you down. Yeah. Oh, Al, I hope I yeah. never get to see you on the water, but yeah. if I do, I'll feel in very, very good hands. Well, yeah, hopefully it's for, for good reasons, like being on the lifeboat. Maybe you could join us on the lifeboat. I'd love that. Please let yeah. me on it. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you so much. I've really loved talking to you today. Thank you very much. Huge thank you to Al. If you enjoyed this episode, it would mean so much to us if you could give us a five-star rating and review. It will really help other people find our series and hear our stories. To find out more about the RNLI and all the ways you could be our lifesaver, visit rnli.org forward slash lifesavers podcast. The charity is completely reliant on the generosity of the public. They don't receive any government funding, so every rescue is powered by the incredible support of people like you. Thank you so much for listening. We'll see you next week.